2: With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call QuickGrainger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
3: Easy ...to use just a few minutes every other day. If your hair loss is within the last 15 years, call now for a free, no-obligation consultation. Call right now. We'll double your order for free up to one year call 800-245-HAIR a thicker fuller more luscious head of hair again call 800-245-HAIR that's 800-245-HAIR or go to iwantmyhair.com
0: get the latest news every hour at 35 and 55 minutes past the hour only on webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere,
2: we're everywhere. Start your
4: search engine and send your servers into overdrive. It's webmasterradio.fm, steering you into the winner's circle. Webmasterradio.fm, we're everywhere.
3: largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing. I'm Maria Retan. This is Gwen Angler. This is Tim Ash. James and Arlene Martell here. This is Ross Dunn. And this is John Karkar. This is Dush This is Bennett Kelly. This
0: is Jillian Music.
3: From SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our
0: industry. Please join me in welcoming Andrew Hayford. Pleased to have Jim Lenzone. Please welcome Ariana Huffington. Please welcome Jason
3: Calcans. On air, on demand, and available on every mobile device that you can imagine. This is WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. The following WebmasterRadio.fm program is being presented to you live. Click on the chat tab of our homepage right now or log on to www.WebmasterRadio.fm forward slash chat. .html so you can continue to listen to our program while interacting with our guests, hosts and listeners just like you.
4: Podcasting to millions from Webmaster Radio.fm's world headquarters in Fort Lauderdale, Florida.
1: Downloading The Cyber Law and Business Report
4: only on webmasterradio.fm
3: the opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. All rise.
1: Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center,
2: Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly. Good to be Back from Affiliate Summit in New York, and I'm here in Silicon Beach in Santa Monica, California, at the Internet Law Center. And we have a, a busy show for you today. Um, today's actually an interesting day in history, a few things to make note of, actually. Um, One of which, actually, is that this was uh, the first recorded sighting of the Loch Ness Monster. So I don't know if if a birthday cake is in order or not, but um, it definitely is a a date of interest. But it's also um, an important day in where I grew up. And today is the, I believe it's 73rd birthday of the last person to win baseball's Triple Crown. And when I grew up, it wasn't Ted Williams, it wasn't... You know, Jim Rice came later, but there was the Boston Red Sox and was defined by one person, and that was Carl Yastrzemski, number eight. And uh, I remember the, the famous um, game, the tiebreaker game with the Yankees in 1978 when Bucky Dent hit his famous cork bat home run and uh, came down to the bottom of the ninth and he Yaz was at at the plate, and you know, we wouldn't want it any other way. Um, he popped out, and we lost. But yeah, you know, but still, you know, we had faith in Yaz, and Yaz delivered a lot for the Red Sox over the years. So happy birthday to um, a hero of New England, and I hope you're celebrating it well wherever you are. Um, and uh, a number of other actually notable birthdays today. Um, Tori Amos, who apparently was in, inducted into, admitted to some music conservatory at the age of like four um, is they're 39 today and uh, in addition we have Bill Parcells um, Valerie Harper um, Cindy Williams from Laverne and Shirley, Norm Shortskopf, um Storm and Norman from Desert Storm, Bill Parcells Steve Croft from 60 Minutes um, Hall of Famer Paul Molitor and Kristen Wig from um Saturday Night Live or I guess she's soon to be formally from Saturday Night Live and uh who made Bridesmaids such an enjoyable movie. So um in addition also today in history um some interesting things did occur. Um one of which was the America's Cup. The very first America's Cup race was held in um the New York Yacht Club actually won the race in Scotland brought the cup back to, um, the United States and defended it successfully for, um, 132 years. And, um, actually, um, for half of that period, it was the defense was took place in Newport, Rhode Island. And, um, uh, which became a very important part of the summers. There was, uh, the America cup races. And unfortunately, um, Dennis O'Connor made the biggest mistake of actually letting the other opponent um, get the wind and lost, and so... Um so for a number of years, the Cup was in Australia, New Zealand, Switzerland, and Italy. And actually, it's it's back in the United States. And next year, they'll be having the, um, the next America's Cup in 2013 in San Francisco Bay. Um, and uh, Oracle is the um, sponsor of the, the the winning team. So, but we got a lot to talk to you about on the cyber front. But one last birthday note: um, today is my father's birthday. Um, he would have been 89 today, and. Um, my father is from the World War two generation. He actually flew um over twenty bombing missions in World War two he was head of the v f w um and where I grew up and uh but that generation which a remarkable generation that it was um, of sixteen million u s veterans of World war two um less than two million remained and to put this in context, we will lose approximately forty of them during the length of this show and so it's um the generation is is leaving us um very quickly, and to the extent that you know people from that generation um you know they have a lot of stories to tell and there 's a lot to be learned from them um our Our nation was in peril, and um, these people stepped up and fought an an incredible effort um, The country went from uh, a medium power to a superpower. We fought war- wars in several different continents. And then when we emerged, we were able to build a, a lasting peace since then. And so um, it's an incredible generation, and they have lots of stories to tell. And um, we have a lot to learn from them while they're still here. So in addition, um, though I know the those, the World War Two memorial is still um, – has been launched but they're still trying to expand and you may want to take a look at it if you haven't been visited and um maybe give them your support so um and for the 40 who or more who may die during the show um um, we thank you for your service and we thank all of you for your service over the years so um in addition we have one passing of note to pass along and um john dozier who uh, the Dozier internet firm, some of you may know he's one of the early pioneers, one of the first lawyers to really stake a claim in in the field of internet law and um I know nowadays it's very popular for you know kids to get out of college and just put internet law on their title and I mean, get a law school and put internet law on their title or on their website and you think they're an internet lawyer, but you know John was one of the early people to really dive into it and uh, really you know made a name in it and was a pioneer and then actually I'm glad I got to work with John we definitely butted heads a few times. But uh, one thing John was instrumental in was um, building uh, a cyber law bar. And uh, we have a, a great group of maybe about 35 or 40 of us lawyers. You know, there's only a handful of us who really do this day in and day out and uh, across the country. And um, he's kind of helped build uh, a bar among us and, uh, you know, helped us, um, you know, expand our practice you know, by working together. And, um, and we owe a lot to John, and his passing at the age of fifty-six was a surprise. Um, I just talked to him a few days earlier, and so uh, his his contributions to the field of cyber law are important and uh, should be remembered, acknowledged, and um, for his family and loved ones, you know, we express our deep condolences. It's you know, it was a sad day to hear that John had passed, and uh, on the on our blog, the ILC um cyber report and also on the other those um cyber law radio um wordpress blog um we have information you can um as to if you'd like to make a donation um the church has asked that um you know, the family has asked that donations be made to the church and in lieu of flowers and so there's information there so um bios john and it was a pleasure working with you um but we're now back to um, the issues of the day. And there's a big issue is uh, broadband penetration. And um, it becomes a hot-button issue, I think, because of a false argument that any involvement of the government in the Internet is somehow government taking over the Internet. And let's step back a second. Um, we are broadcasting to you live um, via the Internet. Um, a medium that was largely created through government action over government um, airway, you know, issued airwaves, and um, and so I mean the the fact that you can the belief that you can somehow separate government and uh, make the internet just a completely private sphere, um, and it, it, by definition any government involvement is um, anathema. is it's just absurd. And so we have this complete reaction to um, the latest um, broadband penetration report that came out from the FCC. And just a little bit of background: um, for years, um, the number of groups have been measuring broadband penetration globally. And uh, for for example, the Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development, which is a, a, a kind of a, a body of a, the major leading industrial nations. Uh, And they they measure various data amongst them and where we stand. And um, in 2002, um, the United States ranked sixth in terms of broadband penetration. And um, um, in the latest study, which came out and uh, just released in July, but it goes through Q4 2011, uh, we're down to 16th. And um, in 2002, our broadband penetration was about twice, close to twice, maybe a little, maybe a little bit less, the um, OECD average. Whereas by 2011, we're more or less just slightly, a little bit ahead of the OECD average. And if you look at the um, percent change year in year out, um, we're we're not the pace setters; we're the laggards, and so we're falling behind in a broadband race. And as a result, as part of the stimulus package, Congress enacted and instructed the FCC to develop a national broadband plan. And as part of the plan, the idea is that at least 100 million U.S. homes should have affordable access to actual download speeds of at least 100 megabits per second and actual upload speeds of at least 50 megabits per second by the year 2020. And that eventually that we will lead the world in mobile innovation and have the fastest and most extensive wireless networks of any nation. And that um, having affordable access to robust um, broadband service and the means and skills to subscribe to it if we so choose. Um, the eventual goal was that the, every American community should have affordable access to at least one gigabit per second broadband service to anchor institutions such as schools, hospitals, and government buildings. And so it's it's really um, an attempt to step up the game. Or game. And um, the latest release um, by the FCC shows that we're really lagging in broadband penetration in rural areas. And that in the latest release, um, were de- whereas in the prior release from 2011, approximately 26 million um, Americans were without access to broadband. That number is down to 19 million. And uh, about 6% of the U.S. population still lack access to fixed broadband service at threshold speeds. And in rural areas, nearly one-fourth of the population lack access to broadband. And so that's something that, that needs to be addressed. Um, you know, we're we're talking about living in a modern age, and it's interesting. You know, and not to be partisan, but you know, I hear Republicans just harp so much about you, government involvement, government takeover. Well, I remember a year ago, if you went to the Republican Nas- um, National Committee website, you know, they had had a list of their historic accomplishments, and the first list, accomplishment they listed was the Trans-Pacific Railway, and that was um, something that was a joint um, government. Private sector effort. You know, government provided the guarantee and helped in the financing, and then more or less let the private sector. Um, develop it and it led to great success and that's more or less been the role we've had with the internet to date and so info government has always played an important role in our infrastructure and for somehow to believe that that um, that we cannot pay for our existing infrastructure or even worse neglect and expect our future infrastructure to just occur on its own um, is by osmosis or some other means you know magically occurring it, it's just absurd and and so uh we're at a point now where the reaction to the broadband report is on Capitol Hill is one been to say that the data is all rigged and that too that um that this really doesn't call for any any action by the government and um which you know it, I just find to be very troubling and it's not it is not a way to be moving forward um and so that is a very challenging thing that we will be facing and um, we have the party conventions coming up and um, clearly, one of the issues that's come up is an um, Internet Freedom Agenda. And this really isn't part of the Internet Freedom Agenda, but I suspect that you may hear um, some language about that at both conventions. And um, But the, the ability to compete, to be economically viable, that's an important part of it, in an Internet Agenda as well. And, and this is broadcasting to through webmasterradio.fm. And we you know, a lot of our listeners are our Internet businesses. Yeah, you know, do you do you wanna be able to do you, do you wanna compete? Do you wanna operate your businesses and on double A or single A and you know, to use a baseball analogy um pipes? Or do you, you wanna be able to operate at the full speed, do you have the full functionality that you know people in Korea and Japan have routinely? Um, you know, for example, we've we've had on our show about last year the city of Chattanooga to talk about you know the great advances that they've had in um, you know going to one gig. And it was quite a breakthrough for them. Right now, they are now the fastest um, US city in internet. They have one gigabyte and uh, are maybe one of the tied, I think, for fastest in the world. And what it has resulted in is a little Channel Nuga, well, it's actually not too little, it's a medium sized city. Um, but it you know it has a lot of, of good infrastructure already because of the the existing government um, facilities that are involved in the television. Tennessee Valley Administration, and um, so it's a very well-educated population to begin with. But um, the, the what the result of what they have had because of that one gig has been tremendous. Um, you know, the, that has caused. Chattanooga to be looked at by Silicon Valley and a number of other venture capital centers, it has caused people to look at relocating there. Um, and I just looked recently, um, they're calling it, it's now being called the Gig City. And the Gig City, they report that so far benefits include a significant boost in economic development with new businesses locating there, millions in cost savings to local businesses through re- increased productivity, attracting top talent and the technology industry to live and work in Chattanooga. And that's part of it. I mean, the reason why Silicon Valley did so well is because it had all these very brilliant students going to um, um, Berkeley and elsewhere, um, to, and they stayed and so, um, you know, that's very important. And um, and so that, um, in addition, they've also had, um, according to one study, a net benefit to the county of nearly one point five billion, or thirty five hundred dollars per resident, plus the creation of about thirty seven hundred new jobs. So that's just you know in a very short time. So um, we're going to um, take a short break, but. Um, I definitely want to give you an update that um, we um, have a new app. Um, you can actually um, listen to a Webmaster Radio on your iPhone. So um, look, look to our website or look on iTunes um, or your iPhone apps for this app, and I hope you'll be listening to us next week on that. Uh, so this is Ben Kelly, your Net Law Center. We'll be back after these messages.
1: Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors.
0: Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy
3: hour. You're already done for
0: the day? Then dive
4: into our stream, webmasterradio.fm. We're the coolest place around, webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere.
1: The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back
2: with Bennett Kelly Center, I'm talking to you live from Santa Monica, California, in the heart of Silicon Beach. So um, it's great to be back. And um, we're going to have a a few minutes before a second segment, and I want to give you a few updates. One is, uh, we may attempt next week to broadcast uh, live, or do our first live show, or at least maybe a semi-live show, um, from the People's Republic of China. I will be in, um, on Wednesday, I think, I believe in Beijing as part of a U.S., um, the U.S. China legal exchange. It's something that occurs every year, or or between the U.S. Department of Commerce and the Chinese um, Ministry of Commerce, and they exchange um, senior staff and lawyers from the government side as well as the private sector and talk about um, issues affecting um, the businesses in their country. And this year, the focus will be on e-commerce. And so I was very pleased to be asked to go. So um, we, we have a report. Among the people actually attending is um, Cameron Carey. He was the general counsel for the Department of Commerce, and he's had a very instrument, instrumental role in shaping and leading, actually, the Department of Commerce um, role in the privacy debate. And more so I think the, the under this administration, the uh, Department of has had been much more assertive in privacy than in the past administrations. And, you know, and as you probably can figure out, Cameron Kerry was also, I believe, the campaign manager and he's the brother of John Kerry, the, the senator, uh who's chairman of the Commerce um of the Commerce Committee and um actually no, it's Senator Rockefeller, he's the number two guy in the Commerce Committee in the Senate and um So we may have some interesting things to talk about. There'll be members from the FTC joining us, as well as from USPTO. So we'll have some interesting insights from China on where we are on their view on American e-commerce law. So it should be an interesting um, event, and we'll have a lot to report to you on that. So we may attempt to try that um, from China. In addition, there's a a website I want to alert you to. And it's called – it's a very interesting website. It's called Tos. D R dash D R, and it stands for Terms of Service. Didn't read it, and um, and it actually, you know, in, in the legal community, a lot of us joke about. Um, you know, more or less having you know, extremely onerous terms and conditions and trying to put as much as you can because no one even bothers to read it. Well, now you have a watchdog that's actually reading and grading terms of service. And it's so of note, for example, TwitPix takes quite a beating for some of its onerous terms, and they actually give it a, a grade. And um, so um, it's TOS-DR. You might want to check it out, see if any of your terms are up there. Um, and it's definitely something um, worth noting, and hopefully you're not on there. Um, let me give you a, a brief lead into our uh, second segment. It's um, We're going to talk about some, the intersection of social media and reputation management, and who better than a gentleman named Chris Abraham, who I, I know personally and I've worked with in the past. And um, Chris has a, a, an excellent reputation and background in the field. And... Um, so we're gonna talk about that, but uh, we, we try something new at Chris. We try a speed round of questions at the end and um so I thought I would be uh introduce it on myself, so um he can actually at least be uh, the guinea pig and see what chris has to say but um the three the questions are it's a very quick four are uh, p c or mac is number one Brasco oh um... well, my answer is both. I- Yeah, I
3: would say PC for myself. Are you asking me personally, or what I would guess you would say?
2: And the second question is um, True Blood or uh, Mad Men? Well, my choice would be Mad Men. Same here. Um, The third one is uh, three people to dinner. If you could invite, who would they be? Scarlett Johansson, Jessica Alba, and Emily Blunt? Wow, that's interesting. I think I'll skip mine and go to yours. Um, and then um, the last question is: What is the next big thing? Floating cars. Floating cars. Well, actually, Braska, I'm disappointed in your answer because the next big thing is cyber law and business report on Webmaster Radio FM, especially now that we have this iPhone app where people can listen to it on their iPhone conveniently any time of day. So. Um, Yeah, go ahead and look for it
3: in the iTunes App Store now. It is available, and it's coming soon for Android. It will be in the Google Play Store, hopefully within the next week or so.
2: Still look for it. it Out, Um, And uh, very briefly, do check that. We will have – I'll try to check out our blog, um, ilccyberreport.com. We just released our our latest newsletter, Cyber Report, so there's a whole bunch of new stories out there. And um, so definitely do check that out we've um, got a lot of issues we're going to be covering we kind of highlighted them before I also want to send a shout out to everyone I was able to say hi to at Affiliate Summit it was great seeing all of you guys um, but and um We've, and I will talk to you all when I get back from China, but hopefully we'll be able to do a live show from China, and I look forward to that. So um, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll have Chris Abraham of the um, reputation, um, Reputation.com, and he's, he's a hoot, so I'm looking forward to that. So um, that's all for now. We'll be back after these messages. This is Bennett Kelly with Internet Law Center here in Silicon Beach in Santa Monica. We'll be back after these messages.
1: Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors.
0: How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Search Metrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries gain a competitive advantage today with searchmetrics.com that's searchmetrics.com
5: how far do your ads reach you don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business what you need is profit through performance location three media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit
3: location3media.com. Let's go inside the WebmasterRadio.fm production studio where the production team is stitching up podcasts to load up into the
0: WebmasterRadio.fm
3: Stitcher channel.
0: Rock on, Laurie, and rock the world with LinkedIn. Welcome to Domain Masters, a show where you learn to be the master of your domain.
2: I want to welcome you to this edition of the SEO Rockstars. Hi, this is Bennett Kelly, and you're listening to the Cyber Law and Business Report.
0: And welcome to CEO Coach.
3: Listen to all of your favorite WebmasterRadio.fm podcasts without downloading. Only on the WebmasterRadio.fm Stitcher channel. Just click on the Stitcher banner on our website podcasting at the speed of sound Sound.
4: webmasterradio.fm the flame thrower webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere
1: the best gavel to gavel legal news and information on the net is right here this is the cyber law and business report only on webmasterradio.fm and the
2: next segment we have um Chris Abraham, who I always said that if there was some, if I had a dinner party and I had to invite a slew of interesting people, I would always have Chris Abraham on my list because he's has such a unique background. He's done so many things in this space, um, and not just um, things, but in areas he's done it internationally, domestically. Um, but Chris Abraham is a, a social media expert. He's well known in the field. And he's he recently um, left his, his own agency, uh, which was based in Washington and Berlin, um, to join Reputation.com, where so he's now working at the intersection of social media and reputation management in a burgeoning in a industry in a very fascinating time. Chris, it's good to have you with us. Thank you, Ben, and I really appreciate the invitation. And uh, I really appreciate that you, you, um, you're indulging us here for the show, but... Um, you, know, you actually have a bit of news to report today. I understand that you're in the Washington Post. Yes. You know
5: they have, every every paper has a witty columnist that asks questions of its readers. One of the questions they recently asked was, uh, have you ever misspoken or misunderstood a particular word? And I sent an email letting them know about what happened when I left Hawaii and uh, started my first couple weeks at George Washington University in D.C., and um, I was talking to people, we were talking about Hawaiian culture, and I talked about poo, which is, um, you know, what I guess at Fridays they call a starter or an appetizer. And I was trying to describe what poo was, and I said, well, it's it's like whores divorce. And my friend looked at me and started <laughs> laughing, and he's like, uh... I think that's pronounced hors d'oeuvres. And so it it just was, it was a word that I had read. It was a word that I only knew uh, phonetically based on what it looked like, and I had never studied any French. So there, so I wrote this up and sent it in, and now I'm, I guess, at least uh, infamously in the D.C. area and now globally uh, known for um, uh, what a, uh, what a, uh, I could say a hayseed I was, but I would say more along the lines of what a, um, uh, what a um, poi, what a, a pointier I was growing <laughs> up in Hawaii and not knowing the right language.
2: Yeah, but it's actually, that's very American. Um, you, know, I, the, you know, I know people who live in the Midwest, and, you know, there's a, there's a town that you know, most people would think is called Cairo, Illinois just of how it's spelled, but it's ro there, you know, they, it, it, we tend to adopt our own interpretation and our own uh, pronunciation for, for foreign words, even when they are well-known. But um, speaking of foreign words, obviously, uh, reputation management is a foreign word to for some of our listeners, and could you give us a little uh, insight as to what exactly that means? Well, everybody's obsessed with Wikipedia
5: because it's this editor-controlled by-us-for-us resource for everything in the universe. You can go there and find out about just about anything or anyone. But not a lot of people realize that um, that there's something even more powerful, which is Google Search Index. I mean, there are other search engines, but Google's index is, in fact, the emergent uh, Wikipedia where anybody can – Um, anybody can access. There's no barrier to entry. In fact, Google wants us to contribute everything about ourselves online via social media, via websites and blogs and so forth, and people do not take into account the value of not just their reputation in the New York Times or on morning television, but really uh, the detritus, uh, the resulting garbage that happens or positive things that happen Almost instantaneously, in uh, in a simple Google search
2: about us, you yeah, so kind of use the old uh, you know, the old saying, you know, does does, does does anyone hear a tree? You know, if no one sees it, does that a tree a lone tree fall in the woods? Does anyone hear it? Or you know, the sound of one hand clapping. Well, Google hears
5: that, it seems. It hears everything, um, and, and it reflects it based on interest. So uh, most things are a tree in the woods. Woods when nobody hears it, but once any level of buzz happens, or um, most things are little vertical knowledge bases. I mean, nobody really cares about your reputation on a global level. But if you if something accusatory, accusatory, um, or a giant besmirch befalls you, um, and it's and it affects your your income, whether you're a dentist or uh, you're a doctor or even you're a sports figure, you really need to change that or it's going to change your entire ability to be hired, to to, to get new clients, to keep clients. And the word of mouth, like I like to quote my Bible, the Train Manifesto, people are talking about you whether or not you're aware of it and people are talking about you and it, it always results as sort of an ink test, if you will, on search.
2: And so you come in with a background in social media where you've worked in the space for a number of years. And what was the attraction of you know, jumping into reputation management? Um, because it is, it's
5: is—it's amazing that one person, you know how, how our parents said or maybe Siv Civ, uh, teachers said that one person can change the world? the biggest lie perpetrated by people is that that's not true. And one person with a loud enough voice can completely affect and influence uh, your name and sing your song, even more so if you don't sing your own song online, um, you know, to, to to misappropriate Walt Whitman. Um, you need to sing a song of yourself, otherwise people are going to take that voice from you. Um, and so I'm amazed that, whether it has to do with brand promotion online through social media, or through brand protection through um, curating search, one person or one company or enough desire, you can literally change the 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 uh, litmus uh, of the entire search verse. It's like changing the pH balance on the uh, the ocean from something that's acidic or negative to something that's more pleasant and alkaline or even neutral.
2: And it's interesting, you know. Um, you know, as a kid, I just you know grew up a, a big fan of Bobby Kennedy, and you know he has that famous quote about how you know, one person can make a difference, and that you know, together it's the actions of all of us that kind of form this this stream and ultimately a wave that can you know, tackle even the, the mightiest oppression. And I think in the online space, when the you know if one person is speaking out against you in a very vicious way um, is is reputation management their stream?
5: It is, and the only barrier to entry really is not knowing what to do or how to do it, or or being intimidated or feeling overwhelmed by not being able to do anything. People call in to Reputation in tears, and the reputation um, folks there you really want to get better
2: receptionists
5: then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, the people fall in, in tears because th- their their reputation is been destroyed, and they just don't know what to do and there there are ways that you can help yourself i mean these receptionists these these reputation advisors are incredible i I think they're more like priests and therapists and rabbis and experts all rolled into one, and they I've seen people on the phone with folks for 20 minutes trying to, if you will, walk them down from the bridge, letting them know that they, in fact, can retake control, retake power uh, of their reputation online.
2: But the first thing to retaking your power is having knowledge of what's going on. And I think, you know, a lot of people don't even know, know what's being said about them online. Is that part of the problem?
5: Well, I heard you talking earlier today when we were pre-taping about something as simple as Google Alerts. Most people do not have a simple, if you just type in Google, Google Alerts, you can uh, put in a series of keywords about you, your brand, your company, all the people in your C-suite, all the people and associates and partners in your firm, and you can get updates when they're, when they're brought into the index. Google is very generous with sharing that kind of content for you. But most people do not know. They feel like they're alone in the wilderness without a good gear bag.
2: And actually, I think Yahoo has a similar service. I don't know about MSN, but yeah. Um, it, it's important. Um, you know, I actually, you know, for example, I use, use it for my name and as well as for a number of other things. But um, you, you find it, usually you can find and you can set the frequency of it too. So you can get an alert as it happens or once a week or whatever. But it is important because I actually had a client and had there was something very terrible being said about her on the Internet and it had been there for months and she did not know about it. And to think of all the people that she dealt with who saw that, and never said a word, and it made judgments of her based on that. So many
5: high-profile people have their pants down because they might be armored against something that's being said in a professional journal or on – uh, and you know, on Morning Joe or or whatever, but they're just they just do. They might even hire a clipping service to know what's being said about them in the mainstream media. But they oftentimes go for weeks, if not months, completely oblivious to the the pattern that's being portrayed of them um, on online in search, as reflected in search.
2: I mean, it's almost like I, mean, I just came back from New York from Affiliate Summit, and it's almost like you, you you don't see or fully understand New York just by going up Fifth Avenue and Park Avenue. Um, you, you really got to go on the side streets and, and go into, you know, some of the, the little eateries in the neighborhoods, and you can't just stay in Times Square, and I think that's what you're saying. Exactly. I mean, the same thing can be said.
5: I know New York pretty well, but L.A. was completely um, – opaque to me until I until you invited me out to dinner and showed me a part of the city right by the ocean and then someone else brought me you know to the hills I mean it's a series of neighborhoods and each neighborhood has its own temperament and its own relationships and its own culture Um, and they're very different and you can't just go to like you said to um to Hollywood and think that that is Los Angeles (laughs)
2: <laughs> Hollywood isn't anything really, but <laughs> it is its own your own creation. But um, so I'm going to pause at a question, and um, it, it seems that. There's something different in the online space versus the offline space in that there's this kind of cloak of anonymity or this sense of the, it's the wild wild west, but there's a certain um, viciousness and um, or maliciousness in some of the attacks people feel free to make online that they wouldn't dare make offline, and and I'm wondering, you know, what what your your view on that and how you, what to extent you've encountered that and and why is that, or is that something that is just, it just needs, you know, better education as to what is an appropriate, you know, social behavior on the Internet, or does it actually need legal response? And so um, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, We're going to have Chris Abraham talking about Reputation.com and reputation management after these messages. You're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report only on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned for more of the
1: Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com. It's good to be king. Looking for a white label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports.
3: eBrands.
1: Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators.
4: eBrands.
1: Twitter management app, analytics and mobile site generators.
4: eBrands. blog blog blog. webmasterradio.fm we're the talk of the town webmasterradio.fm thanks for listening
1: webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere the best gavel to gavel legal news and information on the net is right here this is the cyber law and business report only on webmasterradio.fm
2: and we're back with Chris Abraham, and uh, I just gave Chris a mouthful before going to break. And so, Chris, um, yes or no? <laughs> well, I'm a I'm a city dweller,
5: and so I don't think that um, necessarily. I mean, I think that you can't get away from anonymity. You, I've been in this environment for so long that what I do is I is I stay in environments where. It's based on real name. Places like um, places like uh, Facebook, for for example, thewell.com, the Men Network. All these environments that I've been in, anonymity is so important for people who are trying to, who need to be protected by anonymity because they're using the online space to to do a twelve step program or because they need to protect themselves. I think what people need to do is they need to realize that when they people live in a city they need to have that situational awareness and vigilance in terms of what neighborhoods what time of day what they can wear um, you know whether they're going to have their rolex bangling on their um, on their their wrist um, it's fine at the four seasons but maybe it's not okay uh in other neighborhoods i think vigilance and situational awareness are are mo- are more uh important things than trying to completely legislate anonymity out of the Internet.
2: So you think it really just the Internet users should just more or less recognize that there are some bad neighborhoods on the Internet? Um,
5: right now um, I, I watch the newsroom and there 's a whole subplot about the concept of the of the culture of trolling yes. and that 's a really important uh, subplot because uh, one of the reporters is trying to um, throw one or more of uh, his or her colleagues, the beautiful Olivia Munn, for example, uh, under the bus trying to give himself the kind of troll creds that he can become a a troll god. And and this is always going to be something in a competitive environment, whether it's high school sports, and I was a nerd until I became a wrestler. Um, luckily, I'm a big, huge man, a big, huge white man. So as a result, have haven't had to deal with a lot of things that, that uh, a lot of other people have had to deal with. But I believe that situational awareness and realizing that False bravado is going to be in any environment where you are not an elbow and an arm's distance away from a punch in the face,
2: and um, that's what the internet provides. I mean, the the whole um, the you know, New Yorker cartoon on the internet—no one knows you're a dog. Well, no one knows you're, you know, you're, you're a five-year-old or you know, or just you know, any whatever it is. Um, but the board part, they don't know who you are. And yeah, there's definitely historical value, as you mentioned. There's great value to anonymity. In fact, we had someone on in one of our earliest shows, and we were talking about bloggers and, and the role of anonymity. And, in fact... I asked. The, it was the anniversary of Patrick Henry saying, give me liberty or give me death, and we asked, you know, would he be a blogger today, and um, it was Kurt Upsell from the EFF who said definitely. I mean, if you look at the Federalist Papers and things like that, that, um, you know, th- those were done anonymously, and so there's definitely great value in, in anonymous speech online, but yes, so there are bad neighborhoods, but when Sometimes people from bad neighborhoods come to, you know, the Upper East Side or wherever. It may be your, your nice neighborhood and, and stalk and cause mayhem. And, and that's, I guess, what you guys provide a service as well.
5: Uh, we, we don't provide a real-time service to hunt down and stop that kind of behavior. What we do is we provide a service of, of preventing uh, the, the uh, resulting splatter of that experience from besmirching and from constantly following you uh, for the rest of your life, which is what often happens. Right. Um, I think that uh, anonymity cuts both ways, right? There's people who are uh, uh, victimizers, but there's also the victimized, and they need to be protected. Um, and I think that that's an amazing value. However... As part of my technologist background, I used to be a gumshoe, and my job was to hunt down people who were under false an- anonymity. And I can readily cross-reference people's poor decisions. I mean, if you're going to be if you are going to be an assassin, you better know how to clean you know clean the scene of the crime because people like me can cross uh, pattern. We can we can cross-reference you. We can find your pattern, and I I've done as well as give someone's address out based on, you know, a link on Google Maps. So um, this is important when it comes to anonymity going on in other countries where people are using the Internet as a way to fight oppression because they might not be educated enough to really be able to cover their their backside, and they can hire someone, not me, they can hire someone like me and track you down. Um, a lot of these private security companies offer uh, – tools like that as well. And I can just assume that uh, tyrannical institutions also can track people down if they're not careful about their anonymity.
2: Now, Reputation.com, they are the biggest or one of the biggest in this space?
5: Yes. Uh, it's a $75 million venture-backed Silicon Valley um, company with both a consumer model. You can just go on there, sign up and have your privacy restored and have your reputation restored. And then it goes all the way up to 10000 to $50,000 a month enterprise-level crisis response cleaning um, um, projects. So it goes all the way from the equivalent of, I guess uh old Navy all the way to 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 fashion week in 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 manhattan's uh fashion district
2: the the reputation management shopping mall
5: <laughs> i know I know that's the thing a lot of people don't know that we have a if you will a haute couture line of services at reputation dot com but more
2: importantly, you do have a gap or you know uh, as you said um where basically everyday people can find some relief because I I get calls from so many people and um, they just don't know what to do. And I think finding, knowing what your choices are is very important in this space. Now, we, we only got a few minutes left and I want to try something new um, and just do a, a few speed round questions. But first, um, you're actually, you blog a lot on this issue. If people want to learn more about what you're writing, what's the best way to, to find you?
5: My personal self-indulgent blog is chrisabraham.com, but I write seriously for biznology.com/blog and socialmedia.biz/blog, and those—that's where um, I guess I share promiscuously of my experience and uh, and I guess
2: brain. And well, and very uh, very qualifiedly so. Um, so, speed question number one: PC or Mac? I have a PC, a Lenovo. Oh, um, number two, um, True Blood or uh,
5: Mad Men? I, I have to go with True Blood. I've been watching it forever. And if um, you could invite three people to dinner, who would they be? Um, I would invite, if I could find him, Thomas Pynchon. I would invite uh, Milan Kundera. And I would invite uh, um, um, Murakami, uh, Haruki, I think, Murakami, uh Please forgive me if I've um, if I've skewered your name, uh, Mr. Murakami Sensei. Actually, I just got a text message. No, just kidding.
2: And and then the last last question: What is the next big thing?
5: The next big thing is uh, where Japan's been for years. It's going to be 100% mobile. If you can't keep, if you can't create, maintain, and support a community without the web browser, you're going to be sunk.
2: And um, so how do you adapt to that in in what you do? Um, I try
5: out everything. I play with everything, and I do not choose sides before the uh, the sides have been chosen. Um, I try desperately, especially, for example, with something like Pinterest. I didn't get Pinterest forever, and so I tried to spend enough time with it so that I had an aha moment. If you don't give a new platform, enough time to get an aha moment to understand why other people are considering it uh, important. You're being a snob.
2: Ooh. There you have it. a great quote from Chris Abraham as we sign off. Chris, thank you. I really appreciate you joining us. In all. My pleasure. And, this was fun. And it sure was. And this is Bennett Kelly. Um, thank you for joining us for another edition of Cyberlaw on this report. Court is adjourned. We will reconvene possibly next week from Beijing in the People's Republic of China, if we can pull that off. Uh, until then, this is Bennett Kelly. Have a great week. Um, listen to us next week on Cyber Law and Business Report on Webmaster Radio.fm and check us out at the Internet Law Center at Internet Law Center.net. This is Bennett Kelly from Silicon Beach in Santa Monica, California. Have a great week. Thanks again.
1: With an IRN USA Business News update, I'm Mark Thomas. United Parcel Service Incorporated is extending the offer period for its $6.77 billion acquisition of Dutch delivery company TNT Express.
3: This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program as well as our complete library of programs on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream.